of all the things you've got going on today. Thank you for squeezing us into your day. And listen, welcome to The Quest. Great to spend time together, especially if you're checking us out. If you're checking us out, we encourage you to scan the QR code right there. That QR code will pop up a link and that link will help answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church, about our vision and things like that. It'll help you connect with us if that's in fact something that you want to do. But we also understand that a lot of people like to watch from the back row. In other words, they want as little human contact as possible. And if that's you, we understand and we're just glad that you're with us. And when you're ready for the human contact, just scan the QR code. Listen, we also want to remind everybody that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms and you will find us there. All right, so before we get into the talk today, how about if you open up with a word of prayer? I don't know what's going on in your day, but God does. And I don't know if you're beginning your day or ending your day, but whatever part of the day that you're in right now, I know that God wants to be included and God needs to be included in your day. So I just want to pray with you, pray for you, pray for our time together as well. Father, we love you so much and you know the needs in our lives and each person right now, as they're listening, you know the needs that they are facing. Father, I just ask that you would step in Step in and provide the faith that they need. Father, provide the strength and courage and peace and joy. Father, give us your presence today in our lives. We desperately need that. And Father, for the talk today, we just open our hearts to you. We ask that you would speak to us, that you would make your word clear to us, and that you would speak to us about our individual issues and the things that you want to do and the things that you would like to do, things that you need to do in our lives if we would just let you. So we give you that permission today. And Father, we just ask that you would speak to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're beginning a brand new series entitled Hard Things. When was the last time you did something that you thought you couldn't do? When was the last time you were willing to do something that you thought you couldn't do? When was the last time you tried to do something that you thought was too hard to do? Listen, most, most of us don't try hard things until we're forced to. And usually what we find out is this. It's a point that you can write on your notes. Hard things are usually neglected things. We usually find these are areas we've neglected for a long time. Things we could have done something about long ago. Maybe things that we should have done something about. But because it was hard, we put it off. And then before too long, the hard things became impossible things. If that's you, I just want to remind you something that Jesus said, and it's this. He says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. What is it in your life that maybe you've neglected? Something that you've put off because you've thought it was way too hard. Something that now maybe might even seem impossible to you. Just want to remind you, whatever that is, it, this is not impossible with God. In fact, doing hard things establishes God's strength in our life. It forces us to look to God. In fact, that's a point you can write on your notes. Hard things become good things when they cause us to trust God. I, I want you to consider that the hard thing that you have been neglecting has become something that has kept you from trusting God. In effect, it has become greater than God. Philippians 4.13, Paul says this. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I do realize that sometimes trusting God can seem like the hardest thing there is to do. But I want to remind you that you can do anything that God wants you to do. See, the truth is Jesus asks us to do some very, very hard things. Things like love your enemy. Things like turn the other cheek. How about forgive those who have hurt you? Or maybe it's just give. 
I would say the question is not, can I do this? The real question is, what's holding me back from doing this? What's holding you back from doing the hard thing, the neglected thing, the thing that God wants you to do? Some of you are in a hard season right now, and chances are you might be right in the middle of it, and you say, I can't do this anymore. And I just want to remind you that you can. Don't give up. The hard thing is not the impossible thing, because with God, nothing is impossible. So in this series, we're going to look at some hard things that we're called to do that are good things that we need to do, things that God asks us to do. And today, we're going to look at making peace with difficult people. We all have difficult people in our life, people that make life hard, right? And we all have that person that, we, no matter how hard we try, that just gets more and more difficult. Jesus said this, he said, God blesses those who are peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So I want you to write down this really important point, because I think this is so important when we're looking at making peace with difficult people. And it's this, the people around us need to experience God's peace that's within us. The people around me need to experience God's peace that's within me. God wants us to be agents of his peace in this world into a world that is ugly with violence, anger, and hate. Jesus sends us in to be peacemakers. As this world becomes more and more polarized, we cannot, we must not. So if we're going to be peacemakers, we need to understand the problem. And, and the problem is this. Peace is a heart issue. Most of us don't consider that conflict is really not about the issues. Issues appear to divide us, but it's it's deeper than the issues. Conflict is a result of our selfish heart. In James, it says this, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They, be, they come about because you want your own way and you fight for it deep inside yourselves. We all fight for our own way periodically, and that's a part of the problem. That's a part of what sets us at odds with others. To live as a peacemaker affects every relationship that you have. Spouse, kids, family, friends, neighbors, as well as your enemies. And it's also about how you live in this world as a foreign citizen, a citizen of heaven. So really quick, let's look at what a peacemaker is not. First of all, a peacemaker is not avoiding conflict. That is a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper is a person who avoids conflict at all costs in order to keep peace. But the truth is, is if you run from conflict, you'll be running for the rest of your life. So avoiding conflict is not peacemaking. Peacemaking is also not appeasing others. It doesn't mean that we always give in and let others get their way. It's not about just grinning and bearing it all the time and, and letting it go. Peacemaking is also not about winning an argument. Some people think that you're a peacemaker when you win arguments. That's not the case. Or maybe you think it's winning someone to your side. That's not what peacemaking is. And I think that this is really important because you write this down. Why we enter conflict will reflect how we act in conflict. See, this is true about every relationship that we have conflict in. Marriage, kids, work, enemies. Why we enter the conflict will reflect how we act in conflict. If we engage in conflict to be right, we will always be wrong. See, if we do the right thing with the wrong motives, that makes us wrong. How we act in conflict reveals our heart. So if we're going to understand why we enter into conflict, then we need to understand really the definition of what it means to be a peacemaker. And the definition of a peacemaker is this. Someone who enters conflict to reconcile people to God 
and to one another. A peacemaker is a person that chooses to engage in relational conflict with health and purpose from a gospel's perspective. See, we're going to have to understand the purpose of peacemaking if we're going to be effective as peacemakers. It's like going to the grocery store without a list. If you don't know why you're there, you're going to end up with things that you don't need. And you're going to spend money you don't need to spend and you're going to waste time. So there is a purpose of why we engage in conflict and it's this. The primary purpose of a peacemaker in conflict is reconciliation. I'm not saying that we don't seek to resolve conflict. We should, but that's not our primary purpose. Romans 12 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I think we get into trouble when we seek resolution over reconciliation. We try to fix the problem without the posture of relationship. And without relationship, it becomes a battle of the wills. So here's a point you can write down. When we focus on resolution, we tend to try to fix the person rather than the problem. See, resolution in everything is not always possible. We can agree to disagree. We can have unity without uniformity. We can walk together without seeing eye to eye. When we seek to restore the relationship, the issues become insignificant. In 2 Corinthians, it tells us this. It says, God has restored our relationship with Him through Christ and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. God was in Christ restoring His relationship with humanity. And he didn't hold people's faults against them. And he has given us this message of restored relationship to tell others. We are Christ's representatives. He goes on to say, we beg you on behalf of Christ to become reunited with God. So write this down when we're reconciling relationships. We first seek to reconcile people to God. Because we understand that true lasting peace begins with a changed heart. A reconciled relationship with God. A surrendered will and trusting God. And after we seek that, then you can write this down. We promote reconciliation with others. We were made for relationship with God and with others. There is no such thing as being incompatible. We are all different and we can choose to get along and choose to love or not. Reconciliation ties us to Jesus' words when it says this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So just a couple of things to consider if we're going to be peacemakers. And the first one is this. We need peace with God to have the peace of God. The peace that we are talking about is nothing we can create. It comes because of what Jesus did on the cross. It is a byproduct of a relationship, a close connection with God. Romans 5 says this, Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And from this relationship, Jesus says this. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So this gives our life strength because, you write this down, when we're at peace with God within, what happens around us doesn't upset us. Have you experienced God's peace when things are falling apart all around us and yet they don't upset us? That's what Colossians talks about when it says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace that comes from Christ have control in your life. 
Let it guide your actions. Let it settle you down. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life in a way that reflects His peace within me. When everybody else is freaked out, I want to have God's peace. Also, to be peacemakers, peace with God changes how we address conflict. The conflict we encounter is not about people or issues that appear to divide us. We don't avoid the conflict or appease people. We don't try to fix people. We don't expect ungodly people to have godly values. But here's what we can and must do. It's found in James 3.18. It says this, Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. I like the idea of seeds of peace because it's not a quick fix. For seeds to grow, there's a process. It, it takes time. It requires care and, and nurturing. When you understand planting and harvesting, there's something about that's really exciting, and that is you get way more back than you put in. You reap more than you plant. You can plant one kernel of corn, and you get hundreds of kernels of corn on each stock. You can plant one tomato seed, and you get hundreds or thousands of tomato seeds. So how do we plant seeds of peace? As a peacemaker, the way that we plant peace is this. First of all, we make peace our personal responsibility and priority. We don't run from conflict. We run to it. We don't avoid it. It's, it's not that we have to like it. Seriously, few people like conflict. But we recognize the opportunity before us, and we make the first move. Jesus said it this way. He says, if you're standing before the altar in the temple giving an offering to God, and you suddenly remember somebody has something against you, leave your offering there beside the altar. Go at once and first be reconciled to that person, and then come to offer your gift to God. Notice he didn't say if they have something against you, it's on them. Even if it's their issue, it's our responsibility. We make the first move. Remember, our primary purpose is reconciliation. Another way that we plant peace is this. We seek to understand before seeking to be understood. This is a big one. There's always hurt in conflict. We think we argue over issues, but really we argue over emotions and feelings. Conflict is usually about someone getting their feelings hurt or being slighted. There's always hurt in conflict. I've said it many times, and, and you've probably heard other people say it too, but hurt people hurt people. The more we hurt, the more we lash out at others. We, we tend to blame people rather than understand the hurt that has caused them to hurt us and others. If you want to connect with people, if you want to be reconciled to people, we have to start with their needs and their hurts. We value others when we listen to them. And it's not just listening to what they say. It's listening to the emotion behind their words. James says that he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. When we focus on listening to understand, we stop thinking about defending ourselves and our opinion. That's a big point. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Another way that we plant seeds of peace is this. I deal with my fear. See, the one thing that gets in the way and prevents reconciliation is fear. What we don't understand about others makes us uncertain about their motives and intentions. And this kind of fear makes us distant, demanding, and defensive. Fear is what keeps us from connecting at a deeper level. And again, fear keeps us from seeking to understand others. Where do we get the courage to face the person that we have conflict with? From God. 
The Holy Spirit within us gives us the courage we need when we look to Him and we ask Him. Scripture says there's no fear in love. God is love. Get full of God and the fear goes away. We'll never look to reconcile others until our love for them is greater than our fear of them. Perfect love casts out all fear. This is important. It says it this way in 1 John. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. We'll never seek to resolve conflict or be effective in a conflict without loving others. One last way to plant peace is this. I speak the truth tactfully with love. A lot of people are proud and they will say things like, I just tell it like it is. That's not telling the truth. That's called being rude. And we're not supposed to be proud of that. Listen, if we say it offensively, it's going to be received defensively. They will remember the emotion more than the words or the topic or the discussion. A lot of times we care more about what we have to say than the person that we're speaking with. Ephesians says it this way, Speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Listen, truth is not enough. It's not just what we say. It's how we say it. When we yell at our kids, at our neighbors, whoever, people stop hearing what we say and they only hear our emotion. They remember the emotion, not the message. Truth without love is resisted. Truth with love is received. I would just encourage you, don't use truth as a club to beat people with. Proverbs 12 says this, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Foolish words hurt, wise words heal. Let your words bring healing to the conflict. It's all in the way that you say it. So I just want to give you a few quick action steps really fast, but they come from a scripture I want to read to you first. It's, it's this in 1 Peter. It says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, we repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Can I just give you three really quick action steps that I think are really important? The first one is find common ground. We all have common ground. Look at what we share in common rather than what divides us. That scripture put it this way, be like-minded. Here's another action step, and that's this. Look deeper than the difficulty. In other words, be sympathetic. Be compassionate. We've got to look deeper into the person rather than the difficulty that separates us, the difficulty that agitates us, whatever the conflict is about. The person is created by God. They mirror the reflection of God. God loves them. Look deeper. And the last one is this. Bless the difficult. It's easy to come at people the way they come at us. But when we have the peace of God, then we can share the peace of God with others. We don't have to respond the way that we're responded to. We can respond with love. We can respond with kindness. That word bless means to eulogize. Like you would at a funeral, you would speak well of the person. We want to build them up, not tear them down. And I just want to remind you of this. The reason why we can do this is because Jesus has already done it for us. He's already showed us how. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation. Colossians says this, For God in all of his fullness 
was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. You know what that tells me? It tells me that reconciliation requires sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his life so that God could have reconciliation with all things in this world and all people. For us to be peacemakers or plant seeds of peace, it's going to require sacrifice on our part too. And we can sacrifice. We can sacrifice being right. We die to ourselves, you know? That is the message of the gospel, that Jesus died so that we could have life, real life on God's terms, so that we could experience peace. Not that we deserved it. Jesus died and sacrificed himself so that we could have reconciliation with God. If you don't have that today, I want to encourage you to accept the gift of what Jesus did on the cross for your sins. I want to encourage you to believe in Jesus, to set your faith in Jesus, to make God your purpose in life. But for all of us, we deal with difficult people. And I just want to remind you that God's peace within you allows you to live with peace to others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and I just thank you for each person that's listening. You know our needs, you know our condition, each one. You know our prayers and our words and, and our heart. And Father, we just come to you and we want authentic relationship with you. Those that want to begin this relationship, you hear their words, give them life, forgiveness, peace. Establish the new purpose in their lives. Father, may they experience your life and your love within. For all of us, Father, thank you for reconciling us to you. Thank you for sacrificing and allowing us to experience reconciliation. Help us to be messengers of that same message, but Father, also help us to live in reconciliation with others. I know that there are people that are listening, and I know that's really difficult. They've been hurt in very deep ways. And Father, they need to be healed. I ask that you would heal them so that they could experience a love for those that have hurt them. Father, thank you for allowing us to do hard things, to look to you for strength, to look to you for courage, to follow you in this. Father, continue to remind us that nothing is impossible with you, and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, this is a really hard thing. To have peace with others, to reconcile relationships is not an easy thing. I know I'm going to be praying for you. You pray for me. Because you know what? When we're called to live in peace, it calls us to live in the conflict. It calls us to enter the conflict. When we'd like to run away, turn away from the conflict. Listen, as impossible as it might seem to you, I want to encourage you, turn to God, look to God, and ask Him for help. Ask Him for strength. Ask Him to lead you in reconciling relationships with others. Listen, we enter into this not in a perfect way, but in a learning way. And I just want to encourage you to, to learn to trust God in this area. You can do it. I know you can. Listen, I want to encourage you, if you're not in a connection group, you know I always say it. Get into a community of believers that will love you, pray with you, support you, encourage you, meet with you, talk about God with you, and 
walk in this journey with you. If you're not in a connection group, scan the QR code. That QR code will pop up a link and it will give you information about the connection groups that we offer. We would love for you to get into one. I promise you were made for community and you need the community of other believers. So don't avoid that. Also want to thank everyone for your financial gifts and how you support the quest. Thank you so very much. Your gifts are so valued and so important and so needed.